Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. I'm feeling a little hyper this morning. <laughs> Just a little. A little bit. You can laugh. Because I mean, we're at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in Nashville while we're recording, which means for me, caffeine and sugar. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there a is a Dunkin' like, Donuts downstairs. I'm a little bit, and I saw you brought a bag of Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> with you to the podcast. So if any of you hear any munching or crunching, it's not me. It's uh. Heidi. <laughs> I'll try to refrain. <laughs> or crinkling of the bag over there. That's the a, worst. In fact, when you walked up, I said, oh, thank you so much. And then I realized you got me nothing. I didn't. Does, Unless I, you like vegan cream cheese and a bagel. I'll, <laughs> does anyone like vegan cream I cheese and a bagel? So. We just do it. Okay, good. Well, there you go. Whatever that is for. Well, today we have a, our good friend, Heidi Hensley, here. Hi, Heidi. Hi. In for the Etch Conference. Yes. We get to see each other different places around the country, mm-hmm. but... It's when you come here that we get to have at least a couple minutes to connect. <laughs> we do. Usually with microphones in front of us. Yes. So this is getting to be like a regular thing. Yes. We were, in fact, we were like, have we talked about this topic together already? And we're like, was it last year? Was it a, two years ago? I think it was two years ago. I figure we, if we keep talking about it, we'll get better at it. We probably need to talk a little bit more often. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I, 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 we watch each other on Facebook. I know. I'm like, I know what's going on in your life, and I know you do in mine. Do. Because, like, we, and like your husband and I are friends, oh, and we yes. have all that. And so we kind of always know what's going on. So, like, I know that you guys are in a new home. We are. We you, just bought our home in San Diego. You're in San Diego. Yeah. And you moved down from Sacramento area. From Sacramento. And you changed jobs. Has that been two years already? It's going on three. No. This summer will be three years. Wow. And it has been a blink. And we don't know when people will hear this episode, so by the time they listen, it may have been three and a half. It could have so been three and a half. think of that. Who yeah. knows? It's a little bit yeah. like Back to the Future on the podcast. <laughs> Time is irrelevant. That's but right. you're in a new home. Yes. So are you, when you move into a new place, mm-hmm. are you, and you still have boys at home. I do. Yeah. And so are you, when you move in, are you unboxers? Like, do you get stuff out of the boxes and on the walls immediately? Or are you still in cardboard? And will you be for how long? Oh, no, no. Um, I'm, as soon as the house closed, as soon as the sale closed, I was in the house till 2 a.m. painting so that we could unbox. And within 48 hours, we were out of cardboard. I can't handle it. Wow. Stuff might not be hung on the walls, but we are moved in and unpacked. And the, the hangings are leaning against the wall say, they will be put are on. Are they leaning against the wall <laughs> they they're are. going on? Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. handle it. <laughs> so I agree. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. So Chris and I, when we move, and we've moved quite a bit over the years, we are unboxers and get stuff oh, on the yeah. wall. Like first night, I'm, i got to find the hammer and the nails <laughs> because I know stuff is going up. Yeah. And the and cardboard keeps has, moving. You has have to, to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it feels like home <laughs> much yes. more quickly. Yes. Yeah. So you've also taken up surfing? I have taken up surfing. Sur- I'm like terrible s- at it. Stand-up paddleboarding stuff or actual catch-a-wave surfing? Both. So in San Diego, I have the privilege of being close to the ocean and a bay. Because if you're in San Diego, you're required to have some kind of a surfboard, aren't you? <laughs> you are. I think it's a requirement. And a it wetsuit. Is. You have to have a wetsuit. You have to have a wetsuit. Okay. Actually, you need two wetsuits. You need a cold season wetsuit and a warm season You gotta have your spring wetsuit. suit and your cold water suit. Yeah. And you have like boots and a hood and everything, gloves. I can't do the boots. You're not boots. a winter Mm-mm. surfer. No, I'm a winter surfer. I just go. I just leave my feet cold. I, I I like to be able to know if something alive is near my feet. Yeah. Okay. That's a good so idea. I like to be able to have my feet. Exposed. There's a tactile thing there. Yeah. So okay. So I grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. East Coast. Represent. <laughs> Moved to California as soon as I was old enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, we, my wife and I were newlyweds, and we. Packed, sold everything we had and moved to California because oh, wow. when you're from New Jersey, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Go this as far away as you can. <laughs> I love my home. But so I was an East Coast surfer growing up. Okay. Jersey waves. So we had to have the full cold weather. Yeah. Because the only time we had waves was in like December and January. Okay. Crazy. 
But this is not about me. It's about you. Tell me more. <laughs> and I would not have surfed in that cold weather. No, no. I'm kidding. Um, I love it on a calm day where I don't, because I'm not a great surfer. I, do, I started doing it for exercise and then just fell in love with it. I realized that I'm out there in the water. I don't have my phone. It's quiet. Um, I leave my Apple Watch off. So, I mean, it's really just time to be by yourself. And in the pace of ministry that we have, I needed that. Yeah. And so I fell in love with it. Not very good at it. And so I get beat up by the waves a lot. I once got rolled up in a wave. I thought I hit a surfer's leg and came up and this thing looked to me in the face and it was a seal. Whoa. And I, I basically ran into a seal and he gave me the dirtiest look. He oh, looked yeah. at me like, what are you doing? He's and like, don't I you know no how idea. this works? Right. Yeah. And clearly I don't. So on days that I don't feel like getting beat up, I go to the base side and I bring out the paddle board and you can actually paddle almost a mile out into the bay and just sit on your board and take it in. Yeah. And you can see the city happening all around you, but at the same time, you're very calm, serene. It's just, it's great. Talk about time with God. I mean, you, yeah. you <laughs> there's nobody else out there to talk to, which is good. And yeah. so it's, that's how I spend my day off. I try to get in the water every Friday is my goal. How fun. Yeah. Well, and so I've, I've always lived in a state near an ocean. Okay. So New Jersey, mm -hmm. California, then Florida, and now mm -hmm. we've been in Nashville, <laughs> for, landlocked for almost 10 years, for 10 years. And so I have this longing for water. Yeah. And so it's, uh, Nashville's wonderful though. It's a great place yes. to be and we love it here. It's just However, far from the ocean. <laughs> yeah. It's when you, when you paddle out into, you know, the pond and somebody's farm and sit in the middle. It's not you, the same. Catfish nipping at your, t it's a whole different experience. <laughs> no. Yeah. And the waves are few and far between. Yes. So anyhow, well, thank you for talking about that. I think it's yeah. so fun. It's always fun to get to know who you're listening to yeah. on a little bit more personal level. And now you are, tell us about your role. You're at Shadow Mountain Community Church. Mm -hmm. I'm at Shadow Mountain. Um, I have been there for, like we said, going on three years. I'm the kids director, uh, and that position is continually morphing into something else. Aren't they all? <laughs> Always. And so it has grown into children and families recently, yeah. and that was what I hoped it would grow into. Uh, I do offer some connection to students, but I don't necessarily offer oversight, which is how I like it. They're the experts in that region, and I just get to be connected to them and make sure that we're all cohesive. And so that's what I'm aiming for. Now, you've also been pursuing a degree. Is that right? I'm done with that. You finished? I finished. What'd you, what did you get? I have a Master's of Christian Leadership. Right on. Um, considering well, congratulations. doing the doctorate, but I don't know yet. So, but thank you. Yeah, yeah well, finished, good for you. Finished in December, walked in May. The role keeps growing. You keep improving yourself or stretching yourself. Trying to. Yeah. yeah good for you. You're yeah. a great example for all of us. So that's Thank wonderful. You. Well, we're talking today about special needs ministry. Yes. And uh, where to start. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I know that we are all aware, probably more aware than ever, yeah. of this special need for a special needs ministry. See what I did there? <laughs> I did too. But it's true. It's very we, true. And, and, and too many of us don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily because we don't want to have a plan, but maybe because we don't know where to begin. Yeah. And so help us with that. We want to spend a few minutes this morning or whatever time you happen to be listening to this <laughs> podcast, since time is irrelevant. Um, we want to spend a few, a few minutes listening to you so I can stop talking <laughs> to tell us where do we begin? Heidi, how do we get started? Yeah. So most of us, when we get into ministry, if you are especially a new kids pastor or a new kids director, uh, you're probably at a smaller church that has maybe a couple kids with some needs, but you probably don't have a developed ministry. And that can even be true at a mega church. It's just something that they may not have responded to yet. And so out of, out of response to a need, 
is usually where it's born. And most leaders, sadly, don't know where to start. I believe it's a combination of not knowing where to start paired with like things that, you know, we have to do kids' church. That's not an option. Right. That's part of our job. There's the big rocks. There's the things the big that you rocks. have to do. Yeah. This poses itself as optional. Right. Because technically those kids can go into the classrooms that the typical kids go into and there's no issue. And so it gets pushed further and further down on our ever busy And schedule. we want to champion inclusion, right? So we, totally. we don't want to be separatists. Yeah. We want to f- find good ways, effective yes. ways to include uh, any sort of special needs Absolutely. into our programming. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I, I ask leaders when they're asking questions on this topic is, do you already have a population who could use this? And there's usually, well, I have some kids who need a little extra help. And that's where I really encourage them to look into a buddy system. A buddy system is basically a volunteer who is choosing to be a one-on-one chaperone with that child, and they are included in the typical class, the typical service, all that kind of stuff. The beautiful thing about that is we look at that and go, wow, it's hard enough sometimes to get adult volunteers. How am I going to find one-on-one assistance? And the amazing thing is my, my best buddies, they're seventh graders, they're eighth graders. Mm. They're those middle schoolers that really still want to have the fun of kids ministry, but they're too old. But they're but they're a little bit older than yeah. the children that you're serving. Yeah. And you bring them in as helpers. Yeah. I and they that. pair Buddies. with that one kid. Yeah. And they become that one kid's friend. And I do believe that they feel a sense of purpose. They feel a sense of belonging, um, a sense of leadership. And mm. so we are developing skills in that middle schooler mm. At the same time, we are developing this ministry that is helping a family that probably is one of the most underserved populations. Yeah. And it, what, it what a great to grow way itself. to include a young person who may not be ready to teach, right? We may, we're not ready to hand them off whatever the resource is and be like, all right, teach this class. But yeah. they can be a helper in a way oh, that yeah. is really ministering. Yeah. And so it's active ministry. But what a great idea. I love that. Thank you. So. Go ahead. Yeah, well, let's define special needs. So let's let's yeah. back up just a tiny bit. Okay. Um, how do we define it? Because it's that's one of those things you say those words and everybody has a different picture in their head. Mm-hmm. How do you define it? I we actually have this definition in our materials at Shadow Mountain, which is we define special needs as any child who needs assistance being successful in being able to digest the gospel. Now, I didn't say it as eloquently as we have it written because it's not in front of me. Right, right. But that's really the principle. If if you can't be successful at church, and when I say successful, it means you leave and you've learned something new about the Bible. You've learned how to use your Bible. You understand what prayer is and you can pray on your own. Things like that. Mm. If you can't do that because you're having a hard time sitting still or whatever, or you have medical needs, then that's how we define special needs. And the mm. interesting thing about that is that's not how the world defines special needs. So the world defines special needs as something medically diagnosed or a physical thing. We have foster kids that have buddies in our system just because they've been posed with trauma mm. in life that has caused them to react differently. And so to me, that is a special need. Yeah. And so it's certainly a special circumstance. Oh, it's a totally yeah, special right? circumstance. Yeah. And so What we've tried to do in that is both help kids and remove the stigma of what the term special needs means. It's not necessarily that something is wrong with you. It's just you might need a little assistance. Do you call this something? We do. do, We call call it it Elevate Ministry. Okay, so you don't call it special needs ministry. Absolutely not. When you you said in a way that doesn't give a stigma, however you said that, that was eloquent. (laughs) But what I heard was, oh, maybe... 
and that could be a great tip for churches mm -hmm. that we don't need to put a big sign up that says special needs and put a special Absolutely. sticker on those kids that calls attention to them. Right. Right. So right. you call it again. We call it Elevate Ministry because, again, we are there to lift them up to the place that they yeah. need to be to, to learn a little bit more. And so it's called Elevate Ministry when a family comes in, especially a family that either has not accepted that their child has some special needs mm. or hasn't even identified it. And we're noticing because we're with the kids right. that they need a friend with them. I'll often pull the parents aside and go, hey, just noticing he's having a rough time or something's not clicking. Would it be all right if I kind of gave him his own volunteer? It's a middle schooler. Basically, it's a friend. Just, or a friend to yeah. him, sits with him. And Parents love it. Yeah. And we've got kids that have buddies with them that are diabetic just to watch their physical being. Sure. And we've got kids, like I said, with them that dad has been deployed for six months and reactions and emotions are welling uh -huh. up and they don't know how to respond. So, I mean, it's not always what you think it is. Hmm. So... That's what we've been trying to wow, do. Wow, I like it. Yeah. What about what about manpower? Because now you've given us some great tips about bringing in older kids mm -hmm. or preteens, teenagers, <laughs> students. Um, but what about the manpower? Because a lot of us, you know, volunteers are an issue for everybody. Yeah. And so this sounds like something that might shoot up a yellow flag for me that says I don't have enough people to have a special friend for everybody who yeah. needs a buddy. How do you how do you go about identifying? people to help with that well one of the things that we did was uh, we actually did an interview at church and so pastor interviewed me from the platform and one of the things that we share with our congregations is this is one of the most underserviced people groups mm. again because it's often seen as optional but what they don't realize and how it grabbed my heart was we had a little girl show up and I met her and I noticed I'd never seen her at church. And I began talking to mom and mom said, well, she's got some special needs and things that we have to work through and she just can't make it that length of time. Mm. So we take turns coming to church. Mom comes Sunday, dad comes Saturday. They don't attend together. And the part that killed me the most was the little girl never even attended. Mm. And so we are- She was at home. She was at home. And they were taking turns staying home with her. Yeah. And so when I, when I aired that to our congregation, I think it, something clicked where they went, oh, nobody should have to do that. There was this new, I think, burden for this people group. And, you know, thankfully he allowed people to respond with a little communication card. <coughs> and so they did, and they did in numbers that I don't have kids for. So it's developed this team and mm. we've been able to grow it into a classroom where we have an elevate room for kids who are extreme, like they could never step into our large group space. It's right. just overwhelming. Yeah. So we actually have a Sunday school class and then we have the buddy system. Yeah. And so depending on where your kid is in all of this um, will depend where he ends up. And so you found that really just by elevating the need, mm -hmm. not, and I, I'm not a fan at all, I assume you're not either, of of the uh, the desperate plea. No, We just no. need anyone, anybody can do this. <laughs> every head is bowed yes. and every eye Please is closed. Do and if you, <laughs> just any, we won't let you out today until I have yeah. three volunteers, right? <laughs> but this is something where you cast, you cast a vision by leading with the need yeah. and, and then let people, let the Lord move within people's mm -hmm. hearts to stir them to say, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the case with all of our volunteers. You don't get up and show, you don't get up and ask for what you need done. You don't show them the work. I mean, it's we all know the work the is there. Right. Yeah. You show them the why. Yes. And when you show them the why, then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it fits. I like to say, I like that word why too. I use that all the time. I like to say, if they buy the why, you won't say goodbye. 
right for your volunteers they yeah. stay longer if they're bought into why they're not just what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and how it needs to be done yes but why we're doing what we're doing and when people share your passion whatever you have is contagious and what's so cool about you is you just have such a great passion for kids and for ministry and for families that it can't not be caught yeah. <laughs> and people catch whatever you have as a yes. leader. Yes. So when you we develop that passion ourselves, it's much easier to get up front and, and call for volunteers, not by telling them what needs to be done, yeah. but just by sharing your heart. Sharing your heart, telling them why it needs to be done. Somebody somebody spoke to our volunteers as an encourager recently, and I'm probably going to get this completely wrong, but he, he used the word joy. And he said, um, the difference between a job and joy is the why. And... Oh, I did it right. I'm amazed. Hey, good. <laughs> I have no way, no, no way of knowing if you did it right. We're just going to say We're going to say it's right. Good job. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Slow so clap. the difference between job and joy is a why. And really understanding the, the passion and the purpose is what changes it from work to absolute joy. Okay, so who owns that phrase, that little statement? Um, his name is Scott Smith. Okay, because I'd like to use that. Yeah. Can you ask him if that's all right? I will. Okay, good. And then I'll make sure I did it right. All right, good. <laughs> that is cool. The difference between job yes. and joy is the why. Is the why. And there's no B. Uh, forget <laughs> that. I don't know how B's got into this. <laughs> At any rate. So, okay. <laughs> you can take that back to him. Also. I will. I'll take that phrase. He can have the other one. You can have How's the other. Okay, got it. So tell us about, okay, so what happens next? So this is good. You've got them for mm -hmm. a season of time. Yep. But special needs don't go away when the children move on. Correct. And when they graduate. Correct. And so what happens next? So this is something that I learned this year. Uh, when, we, when I got to Shadow Mountain, we got this developed. We got it up and running. And there is a young man in our ministry that was already at the, the top of what we would consider you know, being allowed to be in this kids ministry because our Elevate ministry is within the kids umbrella. Kids umbrella, generally speaking at our church, ends at fifth grade. So when we school. talk about what happens when they graduate, it's really yeah. when they leave kids ministry. Right. Not when they're graduating high school. No. But that's another potential gap it's another potential gap okay so when they leave it's time to leave kids ministry mm -hmm. if they have been in the buddy system we try to then pair them with somebody that they can actually be with in middle school and kind mm. of maintain that mm. um we have a guy named jacob and jacob was never able to be part of the buddy system uh he was part of our typical or our our elevate room and he hit the age of like 22 well mm. especially in special needs world when you graduate high school you're 21 so, I mean, it's, the ages are very different because yeah. of the cognitive, you know, yeah. place. Just a different timeline. Totally different timeline. So when it came time for him to graduate, because I also have like six-year-olds in this room, so I have to be mindful of these entire families. And I began to talk to Jacob, and he just kind of looked at me, and he was very sad that he had to leave. And I, I felt terrible. Well, he come back in one day, and he goes, I'm going to serve. Well, if you know Jacob, Jacob is about 6'8". He is a giant dude. Zero boundaries. It's one of my favorite things about him. When he talks to you, he talks to you like an inch from your face. Okay. Um, a close so he, talker. He's a close talker. <laughs> Big hugger. Whether you like it or not, you don't have an option. You're he's 6'8". Eight. You're getting hugs. And so he comes in and he has deemed himself our official high-fiver. Okay. Um, so he stands in the kids' ministry building in a kid's shirt and he high-fives people when they come in. And the kids probably love it. Oh, the kids think it's amazing. The best part is the fact that he's so tall. He puts his hand in the air and it's now eight feet up in and the, the air. Kid, the kid and they can't reach it. Yeah. The best is when a visitor walks in and this mammoth child walks past him. That's what his mom calls him, the mammoth child. Walks up to him and tells him, 
you know, welcome to Shadow Mountain Kids. He puts his hand in the air and they're like, what is happening? And then they realize he is serving. And so what we have found is we try to connect them with the ministries outside of our church. We try to connect them with the ministries inside of our church. So getting them plugged into a small group that can kind of cater to some of those needs going on. Like I said, plugging them in in middle school and high school. But then serving has become almost this medallion that they see because these people have impacted their lives. And so just two weeks ago, I had another one who was getting ready to graduate and he came out and he told me he would like to serve. And I'm going in my head, I'm going, Oh Lord, where do I put him? You know, because you have to do something that he's going to be successful at and is still going to look great on your ministry. And, and so he told me that he had already chosen his spot to serve. And I said, okay, what is that? And he said, I would like to greet the families and accept the, the security tags as they come in for Elevate Ministry. He wanted to serve in the same ministry that he grew that up in. That he had in. been through. Yeah. And so he came to Volunteer Huddle, and we give them their volunteer shirt. And you would have thought that this kid graduated high school yeah. when we handed him that shirt. It was, it was just this huge sense of joy, sense of meaning in his life. And it clearly shows that what you're doing is establishing a sense mm-hmm. of ownership and belonging. Oh, yeah. And we all need to have that. Yeah. But especially those who do have special needs because they often don't feel included or yeah. don't feel that they belong. So what? What, a, what an awesome result. Yeah. I think that um, the fact that they would feel so great about having the shirt and yeah. want to come back and serve is just uh, just evidence that this mm-hmm. works. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, Heidi, for your time. You're welcome. We so appreciate your friendship to us and the ministry that you do, but also the way that you multiply your ministry by sharing it with so many people. I know yeah. you tend to travel quite a lot and talk <laughs> in different conferences and different places, and we are counted an honor that ours is one of those places. Well, thanks so, for having thank me. thank you for your friendship. Listeners, thank you for listening. Hey, I want to direct you to kidsministry101.com. That is the home for the equipping resources that we provide as Lifeway Kids. And so it's where you'll find our blog, our podcast with all the show notes for episodes like this one. If you have not found it on kidsministry101.com, you should look for it there. And also free uh, training resources that you can use with your team, things like how to share the gospel with the child and other ways that you can train and equip your, your team for things like um, age-appropriate Bible teaching. So check that out at kidsministry101.com. Thank you as always for listening. We'll see you back here next time in the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.